November um, 1994, up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, there was a uh, 22-year-old by the name of Jorge Rodriguez who uh, had been out drinking and uh, on his way back to where he was living, he uh, ended up crashing into a couple of different parked cars and was arrested, charged with the DUI, and uh, taken to the county jail. When he was arraigned, um, he did not have uh, an attorney with him. He decided he was going to, he just was going to represent himself, I guess. But at his arraignment, when the judge asked him if he had anything to say, uh, Jorge, who did not speak any English, handed a card to the bailiff, who in turn handed it to the judge. And this is what the card said, throw it up on the screen. <laughs> Jorge had, uh, there was a, a, a local sheriff who was up for re-election and was actually using these get-out-of-jail-free cards. How many of you recognize that card from the Monopoly game? Yeah. And uh, there was a judge who was actually using these as advertisement. He had his whole promo information up for re-election on the back. And when Jorge got it, uh, for whatever reason, he believed it was legitimate that you get kind of one free pass out, out of jail. And so he gave that to the judge thinking that he would walk. Now, how many of you believe that the judge took that card and went, oh my goodness, you've got a get out of jail free card. You may go. How many of you think the judge did that? No, no, of course not. Um, and here's the point behind why I'm telling you that. It doesn't matter what you believe if what you believe is not true. Can I say that again? It doesn't matter what you believe if what you believe is not true. And, and I wanna, I'm going to zero in on this today, and I want to challenge our thinking a little bit because sometimes, like Jorge, we get lost in our own thinking about things, believing that just because I believe it so, it's so, and that is simply not true. Um, there is a truth that exists outside of us. For instance, I, I may believe that um, I can be like the Matrix, you know, and uh, like Neo in the Matrix, and I can, you know, jump and fly, and, and I can go up on top of this roof, and let's say I really believed I could do that, and I took a running off to the edge and believed I could just jump from this rooftop across the street to the other rooftop. How many of you think I'd really be able to do that? No, if I jumped off the edge, what would I do? What would happen? You'd fall. Why? Because there is a truth called gravity, and there is a truth called old age <laughs> and uh, that, that, that exists outside of whatever I believe. And what I'm going to share today, is it's going to push on some of us a little bit, and it's going to make us a little bit uncomfortable, and I hope that it does. Because in a, a culture where anything goes, this is what I want to talk about today. God is truth. God is truth. Would you say that with me? God is truth. Say it again. God is truth. Last week I talked about the fact that God is real. Today I want to really zero in on the fact that God is truth and that truth has a name and his name is Jesus. Now I want you to take your sermon outline out and you can track along with me or we'll throw this up on the screen for you. You can, you can follow along that way. I want you to look at a passage of scripture from John chapter 1. When John was describing the whole event of Christ coming from heaven to earth and God appearing in the flesh, here's what he says about Jesus. And he says, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, 
the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, read it out loud with me, full of grace and, full of what? Grace and truth. Now, if we're honest, we love to believe in a God of grace, but he's also a God of truth. And what you will notice in the ministry of Jesus is that Jesus was obviously the most full of grace person who ever walked on the earth, willing to redeem any man or woman, no matter where they'd been or what they'd done. If their heart would turn toward God, he would forgive them of their past and they could begin anew. But he was also truth. And he wasn't afraid to confront those who were believing things that just weren't so. Jesus was literally truth walking in the flesh. In fact, Jesus said it about himself. Look at John 14, verse 6. These are the words of Jesus. And Jesus told him, read it with me, church. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now, when I was thinking about just this whole idea of truth and how we tend to think about it sometimes and a lot of stuff that you hear along the way, I realize there's a lot of false ideas about truth, I mean, many more than uh, I'm going to mention to you, but l- let me just give you a few that you, you may hear of or, or, or you may come across. And here's the first one. We can't really know truth. A lot of people want to believe that you can't really know truth. Truth is out there, but it's elusive. It can't be understood. We can't wrap our minds around it. Nobody really knows what truth is. And sometimes that's, people want to say that because if I don't know what truth is, then I'm not held accountable to it, and therefore I can't be judged by it, which is also false belief. And so we lie to ourselves that there really is no truth when, in fact, there is. Um, another false idea is that what's truth for you isn't truth for me. Now, this is one of the more popular beliefs that truth is very relative. And, uh, well, that may be truth for you, but that's not really truth for me. No, no, no. Truth exists outside of us. Uh, It's not about what you think. It's not about what I think. Truth is about what God thinks. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, what's truth for you is truth for me because truth is truth. Another one is that truth changes over time. That truth changes over time. Uh, Well, you know, cultures change. Uh, traditions change, Uh, styles of worship change, lots of things do change. Uh, Culture gets different all the time, but but the reality of truth does not change. God does not change. And uh, and again, sin is still sin. Uh, Truth is still truth, and that happens from year to year, generation to generation. Truth does, does not change over time. Here's another one. Truth is theological and philosophical, but it's really not practical. In other words, people will often say, you know, the truth is, yeah, yeah, that's a great concept, and, you know, we can rally that around in our battle back and forth in our minds if we want to, but does truth really have any impact on the way we live? Absolutely it does. In fact, what I'm going to spend the bulk of my message on today is really talking to you about the truth that we really need to laser in on that has a direct impact on our lives. But I, but I want you to get this, because what's happening around us culturally really has to do with this whole idea of truth. Um, I got in conversation with someone years ago about, you know, the, about the laws that we have and, uh, and, and talking about the laws that we should have, particularly at that time I was on a radio talk show talking about uh, por- pornography and having this uh, conversation about what laws ought to be in place and so forth. And a person made the comment, they said, well, you can't legislate morality. 
And I laughed and I said, every single law is legislated morality. The only question is whose who's morality you're going to legislate. Does that make sense to you? I mean, every single law in the book is, is, is a value that someone put there. So don't, don't tell me that it's not, it's not, you know, you don't legislate morality. Sure we do. We legislate it all the time. The only question is, whose morality are we going to legislate? And truth, that truth has a direct impact on, on the way that we live in, the, in, in our culture around us. Now, let me give you the last one. A lot of people believe that truth is confining, that truth is confining. And this is, again, one of the reasons why many people, I think, shy away from, from really stepping in and asking the question, what really is truth? How, how do I measure my life? Um, is, is there a standard by which I should live? Or is there some kind of measurement that I ought to put my life up against? And the reason people believe that, it's like, well, if I really believe there's a truth, you know, then i got to live within these guardrails, and, and that just feels confining for me. Oh, no, 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 don't, don't miss this. God did not send Jesus Christ to earth to confine you. He sent Christ to earth to set you free. And that's one of the things that we, we really have to come to understand is truth is not confining. Jesus said the, it's the thief that comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have it how, church? More abundantly. In other words, Jesus said there is no one who wants you to really live like I do. But God created you to live a certain way, and he created the parameters of this world. And it's only when you step into that life, that's when you really know what God has for you. I, I love how Jesus said it in John chapter 8, 31 and 32. He says, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Read it with me. Then you will know the truth and the truth will, the truth will do what? It'll set you free. And I guarantee you, any, any of us who have been a part of recovery will tell you this. We believed lies. For a big part of our lives, we believed lies. And it wasn't until God brought the truth to us that we were able to be set free from the things that had us in bondage. Amen? Amen. Well, I, I want to I give you a couple of thoughts today. So, well, Pastor Steve, so what has this really got to do with how I live and who I am? Let, let me give you a few thoughts about truth and how it impacts us. You ready? Here we go. First of all, let the truth of God define you. Let the truth of God define you. Everybody look at me for a second. If I were to ask you to describe yourself to tell me who you really are and who you really believe you are, would you use good words or hard words? Would you describe yourself as someone who has infinite value? Would you describe yourself as someone who has unlimited potential? Would you describe yourself as someone who is breathtakingly beautiful? Would you describe yourself that way? <laughs> You're snickering. <laughs> Or would you use words, listen to me, that someone else has put into your head? You see, what I've discovered in this journey is that so many of us, the way that we define ourselves, have to do with the people that we have been around rather than the God who made us. This was such a great story. Some of you may have seen this. Throw that picture up on the screen. 
This uh, gorgeous young lady, her name's Cian Healy. Uh, she's from England. Uh, she grew up kind of a, a skinny kid, very, very shy, a little bit socially awkward. And uh, she was a kid that kids, other kids found it easy to pick on. And that carried on into her teenage years. And her mom really worked hard with her to help her try to recover her sense of self-esteem. And, uh, and as she began to grow and, and develop into this young lady, she was actually very beautiful, but she never saw herself as beautiful. All of the, all of the images in her mind were, you know, kids calling her a, an ugly stick, you know, a, a, a twig. And, and, and people said really uh, harsh things to her. And so this image in her head was not of the beautiful young lady that you and I would see, but it was just uh, of this ugly person who had very little value at all. In fact, she was described at one point uh, as she was out and about, uh, there were a group of kids. Her mom had taken some really nice pictures of her, and she had posted those on social media just as a, a way of trying to, you know, kind of grab some self-esteem. But some kids who just really had it in for her for whatever reason uh, just, just ridiculed her on social media. And then when she's actually out at a restaurant, a group of them actually beat her up. And it was just a harsh, harsh way to, to, to grow up. Well, she was uh, spotted by some individuals who encouraged her to enter into some local beauty pageants, and she won. In fact, uh, when she was entering, uh, when she entered into the uh, part of England that she was, she actually won that, that district to be able to go and represent uh, in the Miss England contest. But here what I thought was so amazing. As she, as she worked on developing this belief that she really wasn't who she was being told, that, that she had really did have an intrinsic value and unlimited worth, um, she, she actually, actually, she had such a creative mind, she asked this company to make this dress for her. Now, I know you can't really see it clearly from where you are. This dress is made up of wood shavings taken from two different wood pallets. They took an old oak pallet and an old pine pallet, and they used some very light wiring underneath, and they took these wood shaving and designed this very beautiful dress that she actually wore in the pageant and won uh, Miss England for her district of where she was. And, and what she described, it was so cool. She said, I wanted the world to see that when you look at a wood pallet, people see it as something bland and ugly. Uh, they, they think it, it, it's not worth anything, you know, and, and that it, it just carries heavy burdens. And she goes, I wanted people to see that those things that are heavy, have, have heavy burdens and those things that people throw away as, as discarded and useless can be made into something beautiful because that's who I am. And when I read this story, man, I mean, I got tears in my eyes. I thought, you know, here's a girl who was bombarded by all these messages through her life. And yet she came back to this important point that only God has the right to define us. Now, you got to hear this. I don't care who people have told you you are. I don't even care who your parents have told you you are. Any, anyone who has given you less than infinite value and worth is not speaking the truth that God speaks to you. Look, look, at, the, look at the word of the Lord. Psalm 139. I love how Eugene Peterson says this in the message. He says, oh, yes, you shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. Read it with me. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. Come on. How many of you got up this morning, looked in the mirror, and went, baby, I am marvelously made? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Pastor Steve, you didn't see what I saw in the mirror this morning. Uh, uh, listen to this. I love how the psalmist said it, Psalm 8. He says, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place... 
What is mankind that you are mindful of them? What are human beings that you would even care for them? Read it with me. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Look at me. You're made just a little lower than the angels. You are crowned with glory and honor. I know this is hard to digest. Help the person beside you. Just turn to somebody you're sitting by and just tell them, you're almost an angel. Now say it without laughing. Come on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because you are. That's who God. Look at me. Hear my heart with it. I don't care who the world tells you you are. The only one who gets to define you is the God who made you. Amen? Amen? You bet. Let me give you a second piece about truth that's so important. We need to let the truth of God guide us. We need to let the truth of God guide us. James 1 says, if you lack wisdom, ask God. Now, this is really important because we tend to be a people who ask everyone else but God. And God is truth. Uh, this was such a crazy story. Some of you have seen it. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. This is a, a gal by the name of Kristen Lovedall, and uh, she made this post. I, I just thought this was so unbelievable. She overheard her 10-year-old daughter uh, speak to her a little, she had one of those Amazon Echoes, and she well, sitting there, you guys know what those are, where you can talk to them, and they you know, give, what's the weather, and they'll tell you the weather. She heard her 10-year-old daughter say, Alexa, give me a challenge. And here's what Alexa said. Throw that up on the screen. Tell me a challenge to do. Here's something I found on the web. According to ourcommunitynow.com, the challenge is simple. Plug in a phone charger about halfway into a wall outlet, then touch a penny to the exposed prongs. Are you getting this? This device told this 10-year-old little girl, take a risk of getting electrocuted. And Kristen fortunately heard what her daughter heard, and went, oh, no, 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 no. And she interrupted. She actually contacted Amazon, and Amazon has since, they've said, made adjustments to that. Because what happens is <coughs> these devices just scour the web and find related information, and it may or may not fit what you meant. But that's where people get guidance. And Google's the same way. I, I saw this one. Throw this up. Google said, somebody asked the question, I had a seizure. Somebody had a seizure. Now what? It says, hold the person down and try to stop their movements. Put something in the person's mouth. This can cause truth, tooth or jaw injuries. Administer CPR or other mouth-to-mouth -mouth breathing during the seizure. Give the person food or water until they are alert again. And anybody who knows anything about medicine goes, that's stupid. You do the exact opposite. Well, of course. What happened is that Google, in, in doing the search, had actually pulled that from a what not to do when someone has a seizure and presented it as something to do. Or, or what would you say if someone you know, if you came upon someone who was in a horrific car accident and, and, and really hurt, what would you say to them? Well, this was what Google said. What do you say to someone after a car accident? I'm glad you're okay. I'm here if you need anything. How are you feeling? What can I do for you? Oh, don't be upset. Cheer up. Or you should, and you insert your own advice. Now, here, here's what I want to say. 
Now, I want to say that you know, we, we, we're inundated with information. We're overwhelmed by information. And not just what's on there on social media or what's on Google or Amazon or any of that. We're, we're inundated with information by people around us. And I'm, I'm just saying that somewhere in the midst of all of this, we've got to get back to God as our guide. Does that make sense to you? I can't tell you how many times I have, uh, I'm talking to someone and they're, they've, they've made these horrible mistakes and they made decisions that are just bad decisions. And when I ask them about why they did this, why they went this way, why they did that, you know, they'll say something about, well, I had this friend and that's, they told me that's how I should, what I should do. Or I had this family member and they told me that's what I should do. And I, my, my question is always, why do we talk to people who are as stupid as we are? Does that make sense to you? Why aren't we consulting truth? Now, please hear my heart. I believe in great godly counsel that people can give us. But I believe before we go to people, we simply ought to go to God and ask the question, what does God say about this? On your outline, Psalm 25.5, I love this. Read it out loud. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me, and all day long I put my hope in, in you. I love what Jesus said in John 16, 13. He says, read it with me, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, let me, let me just take that one step further. Let the truth of God clarify for you. Let the truth of God clarify for you. Now, here's what I mean by that. We, we live in this culture that is filled with all kinds of conflicting values. You know, what, what should we do? What's acceptable or unacceptable to do with an unborn baby? Um, what do we do with people who are old? Um, you know, what, what's, what's right or not right about sexuality? And, and all I want to say is we, we let the culture start defining for us all of these things, and it's all confusing. we got all of these voices who are saying, you know, you can do this or you can do that, and it's, and it's all okay. But the Bible says that one day we don't stand before any of them. We stand before God. And if we're going to stand before God, then we need to let God alone clarify for us what are his values? What does he have to say about the subject? Does that make sense to you? Psalms 86, 11, Psalm that says, read it with me. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. John 17, 17, again, Jesus says, read it with me. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And I love this, sanctify them. In other words, that word means to, to set something aside for, for a special purpose and a special use. And what Jesus is saying is that those of us who claim to be Christ fathers, that there, ought to be, there ought to be for us a different way that we think. There ought to be for us a, a different way that we, that we react. There ought to be a different way that we live. We ought to live in a set-apart manner. Does that make sense to you? In other words, Jesus said... We should be people 
who are living our lives according to the truth of God. Now, I don't know about you. I only speak personally. Here's what I've discovered. When, when I live my life without bringing God into the equation, I make a real mess of things. When I live my life according to how the world tells me to live my life, I make a real mess of things. Somewhere along the way, we need God and his truth to clarify for us how to live. In a world that says, if it feels good, do it. Or your body is your own, you can do whatever you want to do with it. Or, 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 or all of these messages that we get that, you know what, whatever truth is for you, you can do it. We, we, we need a standard of living that can, that can bring us back before we completely destroy these incredible lives that God has given us. I have a friend on Facebook who's a pastor now, who hasn't always been a pastor. And at the end of the year last year, um, late December, he was kind of doing some reflecting on the past year and like some of us do and kind of what am I going to change in the coming year. And what he ended up doing was sitting down and looking across his life. And I thought he made such an astute observation that was just a, a great testimony. And here's what he said. He said, thinking back on the year causes me to reflect on my life. And I have put forth a small resume for you of what I have accomplished on my own in my lifetime. Three DUIs, substance abuse, prejudice, betrayal, injustice, violence, lies, fornication, lust, cheating, stealing, and the list goes on. He said, now I reflect on what God has done in my life. Salvation, forgiveness, high school graduation, United States Marine Corps basic training graduation, recovery, transformation, healed relationships, college graduation, ministry, comfort, confidence in myself because of him, accepting and liking myself. He said, it seems as if on my own, I'm good at, no, I am great at messing up and making poor choices and sinning. But God has a way about him that can turn any mess into a message. And God can turn our mess into a message. All we have to do is to begin to live by his truth. This morning, I don't know where you're at on this journey with God. Last week, I talked to you about the fact that God is real. And I don't know whether you believe that or not, but if you do believe God is real, here's, here's the question I want to ask. Are you living your life by his truth? If not, here's what I want to say to you, just a couple of things. One, if you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, today is your day. Today you can say, I'm tired of making a mess of my life and I need someone else at the helm. I need someone else at the wheel of my life other than me and it needs to be my Lord Jesus Christ. 
And the Bible says that if we confess our need for him and we invite him in, he's willing to not only forgive us of our past, he's willing to deposit his spirit in us and that spirit can guide us into how to live in truth. And if you've made that commitment, here's what else I've discovered. It's just real easy with all of these messages out there for us to drift one way or the other. And for us to start by stepping into the truth of God, but isn't it a fact that sometimes as we're walking along, we find ourselves to start walking this way and maybe moving off center from who Jesus Christ has called me to be? It's just a question, and it's for you to evaluate personally and privately. But are you living by the truth of God? Are you defining yourself as God defines you? Are you leaning into him to guide your life? Or or are you just making this up as you go or listening to other people? Are you letting God clarify for you what's true and right and holy? Or, Or are you just leaving that for the culture around you to define that for you? God is truth is he your truth Chuck's going to lead us um, in a song it's an old hymn that I absolutely love and it's a great song for us because it says all to Jesus I surrender and I just want to invite you today to stop living by your own wisdom, to stop living by your own power, to stop making this thing up on your own. I invite you today to surrender your heart and life to Jesus Christ and let him be the Lord and director of how you live. I invite those of us who may have kind of drifted back over this last year, kind of got into some stinking thinking or allowed some things around us to to move us this way or that. I I invite you today just to take a step back up and say, oh God, forgive me. Man, my, my mind's been over here and it needs to be right here. Lord, cleanse my heart. Cleanse my mind. Help me to live according to your truth. This Jesus who was full of truth, he's also full of grace. And today with open arms, he will welcome you in. Chuck's going to lead us in that. You can pray that prayer right where you are. You can pray it right where you're at at home or wherever you're watching this online. If some of you today want to mark the moment, you want to step out and come to the altar where you can kneel or stand before God and say, Lord, I I need to mark this in my mind. There's an important moment for me because I need to live according to that truth. If you want to do that, that's fine. But we're going to sing this song and then I'm going to pray that our God will meet us here today, that we can be a people who live in his truth. Well, Father, that is the prayer of our heart. Uh, We believe today, Lord Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through you. And so today, we surrender to that. Lord, we ask that today, wherever, wherever we've been on this journey today, would you bring us home? Today, would you bring us into your arms? Today, would you let your amazing grace wash over us? Grace that says no matter what we've done, where we've been or how long we've been there, today is a brand new day. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, all things become new. And then today, oh, Father, would you help us not only to embrace that truth, 
but would you help us to live by your truth? Guide us by your truth. Define us by your truth. Clarify for us with your truth. Lord, we pray today that you would sanctify us, that you would set us apart to be people who think differently, act differently, and live differently than the rest of this world. Oh, Lord God, we love you so much. Be the light that goes before us. Be the center of our lives. These things we pray today in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ and everyone said.